Good day. Welcome here to SportsStars.ie. It's time for Sports Stars Football, our weekly look at the Provincial Club Championships. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by my partner in crime, Neve Kendall. Hi, Neve. Hi, Darren. How are you? We are talking about Christmas. The songs are playing on the radio and we still have plenty of football to look forward to, at least this week and next week anyway. That's right, Darren. Yeah, it is. The Christmas FM is in full swing. But yeah, we have two more um, two more games or we have another game to, lots of games to talk about and another game to preview as well. And if you want to hear the guaranteed Christmas number one for 2021, it's quite simple. It's Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is Dunboyne because <laughs> there's this tweet from Fergal Lynch. I read uh, three things certain in life. He didn't say that, but it was well implied. Debt, taxes and Ficky winning awards. Ficky <laughs> Wall, another final, another player of the match gong and another wonderful story in the year that has been Ficky Wall, Emma Duggan and anything they touch. Yeah, it really has, Darren. And it's funny, a, a young lad that I work with actually just said to me today, he was like, where did Vicky Wall come out of? Because he's just seen her all over the, uh, social media over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, I was trying to explain to him that she's always been around and it's only just been, I suppose, me that have finally made the breakthrough and, and that now we're hearing more about this, this wonderful player. Fantastic player as well and a fantastic Dunboyne team. We'll be talking about that in the second half of the show. We'll review the Leinster football final. Dunboyne from Mead beating Foxrock Cabin Teeley 2-11-2-8 to win the Bill Daly Trophy. In the third segment of the show, we preview the last remaining senior provincial final. Morn Abbey from Cork against Arlo from Tipperary. Morn Abbey beat Bally Macabre in the semi-final last weekend. We'll talk about that as well. For the, We'll also have reaction from the Collins final. Kilcurrent Clumburn it looked good in the scoreboard, but it was much harder than the scoreboard suggested. But they have won their fourth consecutive provincial crown. They'll meet Dunamoyne in the new year. Plenty to go through as well. And we'll get reaction from that before the end of the first segment. Neve, there is a game happening this weekend that will be on television. I don't know if you've been following this yourself, but there's great interest in it. Me, they're involved. <laughs> sure, of course they are. But it up against the TG Car Underdogs. It's taking place this Saturday. Yeah, that's right, Darren. I suppose it's 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 something that's been you know keeping us busy on a, on a Thursday night over the last couple of weeks, and and in the process of picking picking their panel, and they've got their panel together now, and they're looking for a um, a really a, a, a you know I suppose a, a sellout match at the weekend um, against me, the All Ireland Champions, and it'll be a, a great um, a great advertisement for ladies' football again. I know we had a conversation a few weeks ago about reality television. Indeed, I think we had a conversation about it again last week. But this, of course, is the type of reality TV we like because, like with Kevin Cassidy, Michelle Ryan, obviously, who's been on the show as well, and, and Mickey Ned O'Sullivan, like, you know, the three genuine football people as well. We've heard some stories of, you know, various reasons why um, football has kept um, girls involved, like life stories and such. Like, you know, some have sipped the nest, get their opportunity as well. And like, it's not as the Wonder Dogs hasn't produced its um, success story. Kieran Donnelly from Kerry comes to mind as well. So a great opportunity, regardless of what happens after this, a great opportunity for these players to test themselves against quite simply the best team in the country. Yeah, it really is. Like I suppose, as you said, there are some some girls for various reasons. You know, maybe didn't get the opportunity to play. You know, get on a county team for you know maybe from because of life choices or for whatever reasons. And you know, this is their opportunity. And they've you know, I suppose the players have been picked on the panel have really, uh, really grabbed the opportunity with both hands. And it is, it, you know, and and you'd hope that. Um, some of those players might get an opportunity to um, maybe be seen by their, their inter-county managers as well. Now, I know we're watching a TV programme, we're only seeing selected clips here and there. So like, we're not going to go in and analyse or preview the game here because quite simply, we don't know enough about them as a team. We're learning an awful lot about individuals. From the bits we've seen, like they've looked good. Like They've played well against Foxtrot Cabotili, for example, is one game too. So they've knitted well together. And I do hope that regardless how the result goes, that they do give me, and of course like me, it's the end of their year as well, which call that, I wouldn't expect them to be at 100% full throttle, but I do hope that it's a good competitive game for anybody who's there who watches in TG Car and Saturday night at quarter past seven, that's a good game of football and that these players leave the experience in a positive note and who knows, maybe we'll be talking about some of them with their respective counties or clubs next year. Yeah, definitely. So and I think that's, you know, something the management team have, have put in place, like where, you know, they've really tried to gel the players together and they've done some team building, um, 
some team building stuff over the course of a couple of weeks. And, you know, I think, so, you know, sometimes a team that gets on well together can can really gel together. And you, you did see that in passages in, in, the, in the couple of challenge matches they played. But, you know, I suppose it's it's... It's it's an opportunity, as we said, for those players to to really step up and and maybe not get caught up in the in the occasion too much, and let just let football be the be the winning the winner. Check out the CG Car website if you want to get tickets. I just don't have the details actually in front of me now. I just forgot to write them down. If you can't go to the game but want to watch it, it is going to be shown in full on TG Car at quarter past seven on Saturday evening. Um, let's see what else is happening. Um, the managerial merry-go-round. There's not many. I know there's a few vacancies still knocking about and no doubt in the new year we'll, we'll still be talking about some of these. Michael Finneran going to Westmead really caught my eye during the week. He did great work with Ross Common before stepping down uh, at the end of the 2020 campaign. Indeed, you could argue uh, they were unlucky in one way to lose the semi-final to Westmead. But now he's gone there. Uh, Division One football, senior football as well. Great opportunity for himself, but also a proven track record for this Westmead team. Yeah, it really was. I suppose there is in the Midlands there, there is a lot of, uh, I suppose, county hopping, if you want to call it that. So, um, yeah, but definitely... Um, you know, he has a good background with him. And I mean, as you said it there, that Ross Common were in, in 2020 were very close to, to Pippin, um, Pippin Westmead in that final, or in that, sorry, semi-final. And, you know, it really, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. He has, a, 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 you know, I suppose a big task in, in trying to keep Westmead in Division 1 and in Senior Championship. And, and um, he'll, he'll, uh, I'm sure he'll uh, relish the opportunity. I have no doubt he will as well. I'm already intrigued with some of these battles. Of course, Westmead might be playing some of those other Midland rivals in 2022, but uh, no doubt it'll be interesting how they match up against the top teams in the country. We'll talk Connick final in a couple of moments. Um, just looking at some other results of the weekend that we mightn't uh, get to over the course of the show. Let's just look quickly at Leinster. Uh, two Longford against Dublin finals we have coming up this weekend, both taking place in Carlstown, Kenny Gad. The intermediate semi-final results last weekend, Longford Slashers beating Shelmalier from Wexford, two eight to seven points. St. Sylvester's from Dublin beating the Downs in Westmead, two nine to five points. So Longford Slashers against St. Sylvester's, that's on Sunday at half one in Kenny Gad. That's the intermediate final in Leinster. In juniors, also Longford against Dublin. Colm Kill beat Ballyfin from Leash, one twelve to five points. There, the Longford representatives, Nave Jude from Dublin, beat Killanearn from Wexford, three nine to one six. So they'll take on each other, Nave Jude and Colm Kill on Saturday in Kenny Gad. Kenny Gad's a great venue for Leinster to have. I know probably lacks a big press area and probably a few more seats but it's a it's a grand venue as well but Dublin obviously they can't do the clean sweep now after Fox Rock Cabantini's lost to Dunboyne but for the two Longford teams and even particular like they'll be up against it in both games I've no doubt but Longford Slashers and Colin kill a great opportunity this weekend yeah it's actually it's, it's brilliant to see that Darren and I mean that's you know I, I talk we talk about it every week like that's the brilliant thing about club football it doesn't it doesn't necessarily go you know with the champions even look at men's football in Ulster look at the Derry champions are you know Derry as a county, might be that strong, but like they're the, they're the champions of of um or sorry you know beat the Mahon champions last weekend and but they're a team that um Glen like you know so it doesn't always follow through that, that that if your county team is strong that your club teams aren't or vice versa if your county team is weaker your club teams can be much stronger so it's brilliant for Longford football I mean we we I enjoyed watching a couple of um Longford Longford play a couple of games this year and I mean there's there's some great players um, from both them teams and it it'd be a massive scalp for for them to pull off a, a win over either of the Dublin sides. It'll be a great occasion both days as well. If you're out and about, no doubt you'll enjoy it as well. Uh, just one um, other article before we start talking about games that I want to look at. I don't know if you've seen it yourself. Um, the official LGFA article this weekend was uh, for Manus Brenda Bannon um, talking about inner strength. She lost her mother, sadly, to suicide after they won the All-Ireland in 2020 as well. It's very, very a compelling tale. It's raising awareness too. And if anybody just gets an opportunity, um, it's not one of the sports stars articles, the official LGFA piece with Dara Small. We always print them every week here on our website. Do read it as well. It highlights awareness and even Neve, we won't go into it too much, but of course this happened four days after Fermanagh had won the 2020 All-Ireland Junior Championship as well and it's just amazing how something all of a sudden your whole world can be turned upside down with a tragedy like this. Yeah, it really, it really was a, a compelling story, Darren. And I mean, you know, it, it is hard to believe and you suppose you don't realise what you know anyone's going through and I mean 
um, you know, to, for that to happen in our four, four days after. And I'm sure there was a lot of inner ter- turmoil in our mom and everything, to, to, you know, f- to, to, for that to happen. So, yeah, a really um, tough story. But it proves the point that, you know, sport and, and her, you know, her, her camaraderie of friendships and, and, and friends she had around her and, and sport really helped um, helped her to get through it over the, la- the last year. And that's the thing at the end of the day, sport unites us all. We'll, we'll fight, we'll argue, we'll battle with each other. We'll put our shoulders around each other and get each other through tough times as well. But that's why we're involved in sport. That's why we love it. Let's go on and talk about football now. We, as people will be aware now, we don't go through every game. It's quite simply, there isn't that much time. So we're going to break this up into three quick segments. Connacht now before the break, because it's not one of our featured matches, but we've stuff to talk about too. Very quickly, Neve, of course, they're wrapping up... Um, their provincial campaign this weekend as well. Uh, two intriguing games at the weekend. The Connacht Junior Football Final, Eastern Harps from Sligo against St. Brennan's and Galway. That's in Ballyhonnes on Saturday at one o'clock. And the intermediate finals on Sunday. Castlebar Mitchells look good. They beat St. Dominic's from Roscommon last weekend by eight points. They're up against Turles Strand from Sligo. That's in Swinford at one o'clock on Sunday. I actually shared a commentary box with Turles Strand's Katie Walsh last weekend. We'll talk about that in a moment. But again, it's like the two Sligo teams, for, for example, uh, for the naked eye, we'll probably go in as underdogs because they're Sligo against Galway Mayo, but no different to what we said about Longford, an opportunity for them to get to finish the year with some silverware. Yeah, definitely so. And I mean, you know, I suppose both East, Eastern Harps and Tudor Strand are, are, you know, are, are very strong clubs within within Sligo and they, you know, they, they definitely prop up some of the, the county team players and, you know, it'll be a, a, a big task for them. But, you know, I suppose in this kind of, and I mean, we have no idea what kind of weather's going to, what kind of weather we're going to have, or, or um, aftermath of the weather we'll have at the weekend. So we have no idea what the, what you know, what the kind of a game it'll be. But I mean, um, I'm sure uh, Tula Strand Eastern Harps are relish the challenge. Those games again on at the weekend. We'll have all the fixtures up in sports stats. Let's talk about the Connacht Senior Football Final. I was here last week with Geneva and I was praising Kilcur and Clumburn to the Hilton and fairness they, they put in 30 minutes to justify that but I was in the commentary box with Katie Walsh as well at the honour of uh, doing the game for the Connacht LGFA stream and at half time we thought we were going to have some story on here because Glencar Manor Hamilton came out and threw the kitchen sink at Kilcur and Clumburn led for most of the period uh, where a player up was Chloe Costello got a yellow card Mirren Devaney got a goal and even at half time even though Nicola Ward had hit back with a goal for Kilcur and Clumburn you, you're, you're kind of feeling wait a minute now uh, could this really happen? Yeah, yeah, definitely so, Darren. And I mean, you know, we, we probably were probably dismissing um, Glenn Carr's, you know, a bit last week and we, we definitely were. But, you know, in fairness, to put it up them and, and, you know, they had their homework well done on Killian Clumburn and the, the uh, you know, as you said, for right up until half time, you really felt they, 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 they could, you know, they could maybe cause a big upset. But I suppose, you know, with the, the experience that Killian Clumburn have, and I mean, the nine Galway titles, six Connacht titles, you know, I suppose the second half, it really it really showed that. And I mean, they showed their class in the second half. Oh, yeah. Like um, even the, um, you'll hear some of the reaction in the moment, like the aftermatch discussion was that Glencar Manor Hamilton came out and played at a level that they'd never played before, but it's a level they had to play if they were going to compete. No different to what we were talking about, Tony Gale, um, last week in the previous week as well. But of course, they just couldn't, couldn't keep a going and when Kern Clumburn got and they were mad to get going for the uh, start of the second half they were right in front of us in the commentary box doing their huddle and sure it was 1-3 scored in 5 minutes it was 1-5 then I think then Carr got a point and they just kept going kept going kept going and whether it's a wake up call for them or it's a chink in the armour that Dunhamoyne might take advantage of at the new year like they hit three fifteen in the second half like that's phenomenal scoring Phenomenal scoring! I was just about to say that. Yeah, well, I suppose. I mean, you'd have to look that maybe, maybe they 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 got caught in the hop slightly, and maybe they were looking. There probably was a bit of compl- complacency as well. Complacency, like. yeah. I, I think it was a little bit, and as you said, you know, they definitely looked like they wanted to. Um, you know, they were mad to get the second half going, and I'm sure, you know, um, Willie Ward and their management team were were giving them a good eating at, at half time, like, and very disappointed at how they had played. But you could see, as I said, you know, their, their second half was. Was phenomenal. I mean, if they couldn't, if they couldn't, if they could play like that for for an hour against any team, they could really, um, you know, they, they could look like All Ireland champions with that display. It's an interesting point that we'll hear from Willie in a moment. He said that, like, Dunkar did that for 15 minutes, but they played for those 15 minutes at a level that they'd expect Dunamoyne to play for the full hour as well. So they've even seen exactly 
Glenn Carr give them a taste of what to expect over a longer period that they can't afford to switch off for if even and I don't want to be unfair to Glencar Manor Hamilton either because they played very, very well and they worked their socks off during that period. But if that happens to Kilcar and Clumburn against Dunamoyne or against a potential All Ireland final opponent, they're not going to be carrying the day like that. Absolutely, it could be dead and buried if they go along and, and, and play go into a game like that. But like maybe th- this was the point. Maybe maybe they just got caught up and, and you know maybe as you said got complacent and looked at it. But you know if they can uh, get that all round performance and, and get that into an hour's football and work on that over you know over the course of the, of the I suppose the Christmas and and the, went into the new year, they can certainly be a team to reckon with. Supporters got behind the two teams. We'll hear from the player of the match, Olivia Divley, in a moment. Eilish Morrissey scored 2 7. Eva Noon finished off a great team goal. But Neve, the loudest cheer of the day was for the returning Annette Clark. 52nd minute substitute. I thought the, I thought the roof was going to come off the stand when she came off the bench as well. Like, if that's a sub <laughs> and the pre- or presence alone, like I don't want to be preempting or all that because we know the four teams left in the, or five teams left, of course, in this All Ireland series are are serious contenders. But they definitely have um, a, a useful addition to their team there going into the knockout stages in the new year. Yeah, well, I mean, c- could you bring on more a more experienced player? And I mean, you know, uh, you know, she's been the heart of of the club for so many years, and obviously Captain Galway in two thousand and four to their only All Ireland. You know, and this just proves the, the 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 legend or the person that she is. You know, she had twins, a boy and a girl, only in September, and I mean that's her motivation that she wants to go back. And I mean, they, they you know, Killian Clarkburn would feel that they left that all Ireland behind them in 2019, and I am sure for the last all during COVID and over the last number of years, they are the last you know sort of two years they've been looking at that. You know, that I suppose I suppose that that's their their goal to to you know, trying to get that all iron win. And I mean, her, her coming back and that introduction to her is is, is um, a brilliant boost to the team. It's going to feel like three All-Ireland finals in the new year. Dunamoyne against Kilcurren, Clumburn. We can't wait for it. That's only a semi-final. Um, we talk about that in the new year. Coming up after the break, we're going to look back at the Leinster football final between Dunboyne and Foxrock Cavendili. But to bring us to the break, we have reactions from that Connacht final. In a bit, we'll hear from the respective managers, Willie Ward from Kilcurren, Clumburn and Pori Corrigan from Glencar Manor Hamilton. But first, let's hear from the player of the match, Kilcurren, Clumburn's Olivia Dively. Glad to be joined now by Kilcurren, Clumburn's the match Olivia Divley. Olivia was just saying there he got a fright there in the first half but he really took it on in the second yeah I suppose uh, there's, there's no nice way of saying it we were all over the shop in the first half um, in the second half uh, especially the third quarter there we really got, got ourselves moving well we got a few scores and we, we looked much more comfortable on the ball and we are much better organised in the second half yeah, like that first half of anything, it's how you respond as well. And you looked like you were mad to get going for the second half. You were right in front of us in the commentary box. And you did, like, you got 3.15, I think, in that period. And you left a few scores behind as well. Yeah, I suppose that we came in at halftime, nobody needed to be told themselves. We all knew individually nobody played very well. There'd been a lot of sloppy mistakes, a lot of bad handling. Um, we were caught on, on the hop a lot of time, weren't working hard enough. We knew ourselves we just needed to up the work rate and, and focus going into the second half, and we were mad to get going. He really punished their kickouts from the word go at the start of that second half as well. It was a 1-7 to 1-4 at half time. Glen Carman and Hamilton, in fairness, they put it up to yourselves, but I suppose, Olivia, it's fair to say you showed why you're champions. Yeah, the, the, the kickouts are something we go after in every game. Um, it's a great opportunity to, to get the opposition on the counter-attack. Um, yeah, we, we won a good few of them, I'd say, there in the second half, especially. It's a weird world we're living in at the moment, but of course we get to finish off the year over six months. You've won two county titles and a county title as well. I know there's more business to be done in the new year, but no doubt a great way to finish off before Christmas. Yeah, I'm so lucky to be, to be part of such a great bunch, and there's so many more than just the 15 on the pitch, and there's, I think, 34 on the panel and between the junior team and the supporters and the management and everything I'm just so lucky to be part of such a great bunch and have to have won so much and hopefully more to come Delighted to be joined on by Kilcurren Glumber manager Willie Ward Willie what did you say to your players at halftime? Uh, <laughs> well, well they kind of had been turned it around a bit coming up to half time okay you know we our first quarter was was we were we well they came at us and we weren't really set properly against them you know they they we we allowed them to play their game too easily really in the first quarter and we allowed them uh, win their own kickouts too easily and and we allowed them get the ball into their forwards you know so we had to sort that out but we were beginning to come to grips 
with it in the second quarter and then we were ahead at half time even though we knew we hadn't played as well as we can you know but there was a there was a, there was a kind of a group determination then that they were all going to lift their game in the second half and and we got to grips with them around the middle of the field got to grips with the kick outs and everything so once you once you have the ball going towards their goal you're always going to be putting them under pressure then you know once we were winning winning that primary possession then we were the ones in control of the game from then on we were saying it in the commentary box and I mentioned it to Olivia as well the kickouts were the key thing that stood out in that third quarter because we'll talk very quickly about the first half at the moment you certainly would be proud of the way your players responded because you were ruthless in that second half yeah we went after the kickouts uh, really in the third quarter and everywhere like, and we won them everywhere once, we, once they did but we, were, we, we just had to push up and everyone pushed on them like, and they, they, they made sure there was no loose options for easy kickouts and that's how then you, when you put pressure on everywhere that's when we were able to give, win the turnovers then there was no easy kickouts given to them then Carman or Hamilton are coming force in Neatham and have shown their, their ability now in the Connacht stage and they came out to play as well a couple of early points but they had a couple of chances to Lisa Murphy with a great save as well a very important save midway during the first half as well did they bring more of a challenge than you might have expected? Well, well, we knew what they had. We knew they'd bring a. They'd, we knew that they'd, they'd come strong. We knew they had good forwards. And uh, like, if you're uh, an international quality forward in any game, like, and as they have, like, there, and they're going to be fit and they're going to be able for this sort of a day. And and they they did, and they got the ball to them. They got the ball to their dangerous players, and they defended hard as well. Then they made sure that they filled the middle all the time. But that's hard to keep doing all day long. You know, it's hard work, and they put everything into that beginning, you know, they needed a good start and they got it, but you see, we're of the third week in a row as well, and you know, it's tiring on our players too, you know, they won't be they won't be perfect every single day you go out, you know, you're going to have you're going to have slack times and, you know, it's, it's very hard to keep getting up for game after game, and they're all big games, and uh, I suppose there, were, there was a little bit of that as well, Nick, but they, they soon fixed it uh, one I won't go through all the goals now, just a couple of them, of course. They, you mentioned the second quarter important. You went in three points up at half time. I saw myself when Nicola had drifted forward, this trouble was on here, and she did what Nicola does best. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. She started going at them through the middle, yeah. But she has senses what's needed always. Nicola senses what the game needs, and she goes for it, you know. So she knew we needed that bit of a drive going forward, and yeah, she, she did. She, she had a big influence in it as well, as did an awful lot more. Like all the others grew into it. The play among the forwards. Eilish Morris's finishing was top class finishing and then you had Olivia and um, uh, Louise and Lindsay and Eva all working hard you know and uh, Chloe Miskell in you know primary target in front of the goal so they all all the forwards start to move the ball around to each other and create the chances then in the in the second half. Eilish got two goals Eva got one as well I also want to give Claire to leave a shout she got involved in the attack as well driving forward showing that pressure that you were applying especially in the second half uh, yeah and her defensive game was excellent as well like she had some good interceptions there intercepted passes and, and that taking the ball up taking the ball up and just setting up the forwards then nicely with good good ball like she was, she was breaking out well given the overlap yeah she had she was particularly good in defence as well yeah and Willie finally before I let you go we can talk about Dunamoy now any thoughts? <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll have a bit of work to do but uh, we'll, we'll, we have we have time to do that work but you know what we saw there from Glen Kerr for the first 15 minutes you're going to get that all day long from Dunamine they'll come at you and come at you the whole time uh, you know so it's going to be it's going to be tough they're a very good team they're around a long time uh, know how to win big games you know so it, it, it will be it will be tough for us you know so but we have we'll have to work and we'll be going there we'll do we'll work as hard as we can now to be, to be ready for it when it does come on and yeah we'd be hopeful that we'll be we'll be in it if we're if we're if we're, if we're there or thereabouts, we have, we have every chance. Join up with the Glencar Manor Hamilton manager, Pori Corrigan. Pori, Chris, your overall assessment of the game? Uh, you're beaten by 25 points, and if you're beaten by 25 points, that you're beaten by 25, and like people are saying, didn't reflect the score. The, f- the first half, we were really competitive, and f- what happened? You know, we'll have to review and see, see what happened there, but um, look at they're just awesome. Clumbern are just awesome. Their movement, their, the way they, they can find the person in the right position and all that. It's just they're just amazing. They're just they're further down the development than us. You know, we we've kind of been on a bit of a trail, and um, you know, for the last two years, first county championship, then the uh, intermediate Connacht. So it's been a fast rise, 
and I hope the girls uh, get a taste for it at this level. Not 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 the beatings at the end, but you know, being competitive, which we were in in the in the in, in the first half, and um, you know. It has become more regular for us, like you know, not not the beatings. Well, even as you're saying there as well, you have been on a journey, and you said it's like on the Leitrim was over during the week when you were being uh, previewed in the match as well. You won a first county title in 2020, won a second here, and for 30 plus minutes, you went toe to toe with the most dominant team in the province in the last 10 years. Yeah, and if that's if we can learn from that, and how do we progress from that, and how do we get better, how do we turn that 30 minutes into? Uh, a 60 on a quick reflection like you, you have to take your chances you have to um, can't make any mistakes punished especially against a team like uh, Clumbern they're, they're just uh, they punish them and just when you think you've got one of the players t- tied up somebody else comes off the shoulder and you know what I mean and just and they go again and again and they're ruthless like you know uh, it's just uh, okay. and to learn there we'll review what happened uh, you know I think you know Today's not the day for making rash decisions, or you know, not, but we were just um, second best today. Can't compete with that. I promise I won't keep you too long. Of course, that first half as well, Mirren Devaney got the goal. Albert Clancy was causing problems in the early stages. Leo Fox was covering an awful lot of ground. Came so close to a second goal, a pivotal moment. The Kilgarren Clamoran keeper pulling off a big save. She, she made a good few saves today. Mm-hmm. You know, like, but that's what I say. Like, when I was watching uh, against Knockmore and Flan um, Gale didn't get much chance to see what the defence was like and all that they're a damn good team Clumbern like you know and we in the first half we tested them and all that probably the way we played we probably feel bad going in three down with the few mistakes we made but um, you know we, we have to learn that you take your chances you, you punish everything and you know you get t- you tidy up in the mistakes but look at the girls We've had been immense for the last two years, so can't can't complain or can't fault them or anything like that. I, I still, you know, you take a lot. Of, how, how would you stop them if you're playing them next one? What would you do? I don't know. I just think they're just at a different development than us. No, they are at the moment, as you said. They're they're ahead. They've been playing at this level for a while, but you're only starting to get a feel for it. Two quick questions for you before I let you go, and probably an unfair question to ask. But of course, that second half in particular, you learned an awful lot. What was the most key thing that you reckon just instinctively at the end of the game that you learned about yourselves in that second 30 minutes? Um, jeepers. Yeah. You're, you're I know it's an unfair question. <laughs> I, uh, belief, do you know what I mean? Um, the girls still stood up to them, so I, 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 I've learned positives out of it. Do you know what I mean? How do we get to the level they're at is, is, is the million dollar question. Like, you know, but uh, we learn a lot because you learn more when you're playing that against things on burn. You know, if you're hammering a team and you, everything's rosy in the garden, you know, um, you don't learn. So we, we have to improve. We have to we have to stay. The important thing is regroup and stay at this level. Get out of our own like our own pro, uh, counties tight enough battle every year. Like it's, it's we don't have walkovers or anything like there. Like you know, so um, hopefully we can stay at that level. This level because it is. I, I, what I've noticed is that teams are coming out and they're four, five, six years in a row coming out of their own counties and I think you have to be coming out of that le- this level like, you know, so well, you'll be going for the three in a row next year, no doubt, but as you mentioned nothing guaranteed at that as well. Overall assessment of the year leaving the result aside, Clingarman or Hamilton on a on a positive run. Yeah, look at everything we asked of those girls. They, they they've done, they never quibble or anything like that, which is unusual. Um the three in three in a row. Look, it's very early. It's December. We've been on the road for a long while. They, those girls will battle it absolutely. They, you know, they, they'll be hungry again come come the start of next year. And uh, look, it's um, look forward because it's all about playing football and playing in finals and winning them and all that. We we've had a few. This is a, we've had four finals in a row, and this is first loss. So we don't like it. I like listening sports dads because I like to listen to. Ladies football and ladies camogie. So welcome back here to Sports Stars Football, the second part of the show. And just before the break, you heard reaction from the Connacht Football Final, the Glencar Manor Hamilton manager, Pori Corrigan, and Olivia Dibley and Willie Ward from Kilcurran, Clonburn. Neve, there was only, we, I was at that match and, and we were all at things on, but of course it was one match that the whole country were keeping an eye on if they weren't at it last week. Dunboyne. And Fox Rock Cabinteely, and it was a game, <laughs> even the result aside for the moment, it was a game that didn't disappoint. No, it really didn't, Darren. And I mean, from the very first couple of seconds, really from the from the throw in and it would, you know, ball over the bar within 20 seconds, you know, it really proved that, 
you know, anyone, any doubters that were saying that maybe Dunboyne is only there to make up the numbers were certainly um, not disappointed. And I mean, from from that moment to the end, it, it really was, it gave us everything. There was, you know, two yellow cards, lots of brilliant scoring, some brilliant goal taking, you know, some unbelievable um, tussles for the ball. I mean, I, I the referee really let, you know, he at times he nearly feel he forgot his whistle, but he let the game flow. And, you know, I suppose with the conditions that was played in, um, you know, he he had to let it. He let, I suppose, he let it, let it, he let it go. I suppose, let it run, and I mean, it, it added to the occasion as well. From that throw in, Vicky <laughs> Wall on the ball. I thought I was back up at the uh, with you in the press box in the Hogan Stand in in Crow Park because it just set the tone from the very start. And others stepped up as well. A lot of heroes that we don't always talk about were well involved in this victory as well. But as you said, there was from the word go. You just knew straight away we're going to be treated to another great game of football. Yeah, and I'm really, I suppose, like you know, as you just said it there, and last week we talked about how it, 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 the potential it had and it really had. And I'm just so glad it, it didn't disappoint. And, you know, the people that went to it and anyone that um, tuned into the stream really enjoyed the match. Now, even at, say, the start there where Dunboyne got a couple of scores earlier on, Foxwell Cabantini did get themselves on top and were four points up at half time, um, one five to four points, Katie McNally with the goal. But you touched on yellow cards beforehand and even though they led the water break by a point your Neve Collins in the sin bin too and they take it the second half as well Sinead Lockman also went off for 10 minutes Yeah the, those the, those sin bins and I mean I don't know I mean I'm not, I'm not going to question any referee that did, did look like as I said it was it's such a, a game that both teams were so determined and went into each tackle with such such <laughs> you know will to get the ball and such a want to get the ball that at times um you know, the, the tackles looked maybe, you know, on the verge of, of being dirty as well. So, you know, Neve Collins got pulled aside 13 minutes in. And I mean, you know, she was a big loss. She was kind of playing as a sweeper before that. And I mean, she definitely was a bit of a hole in the, in the, in the Fox Cab um, defence. But, you know, at the same time, as you said, they turned it around. They went in 3-2 at the water break. And in, you know, and I mean, um, they actually, Neve Collins went off effectively. Then at half time she was substituted due to being injured. So, you know, they still went in four points up at half time. So, I mean, you'd be still thinking that, uh, Fox Cab had done enough to to maybe um, keep on top of of Dunboyne, but that was a big loss for them. I know there were four points up at half time, and uh, well done, Katie McNally with the goal, Andrew Murphy with the assist too. But Neve Collins, we talked about the importance, especially when the team looks a bit transitional. Uh, her importance as well. So even when she gets a goal, in like you know, uh, they were always going to be up against it despite having the advantage. They were like, and I mean, you, you don't, you, you know, you lose an experienced player like Neve Collins at that stage, you know, and effectively you only had it for for whatever, 12, 15 minutes of the whole game. like So that's an awful loss to, to someone, you know, and as you said, in a defence that, you know, she clearly had worked on a role she was going to be playing, which was that sweeper role to try and play, you know, in, uh, I suppose across in front of Emma Duggan to not, you know, give easy ball in. And when t- to lose her at that stage for 10 minutes and effectively lose her then at half time, it was an awful, an awful loss to them. People who didn't see the game would look at Emma Duggan, five scores, all freeze and think, uh, it was quite game for her, but it wasn't really. She was drawing defenders down, like Fiona O'Neill's goal, uh, a prime example, which goal, but she was drawing defenders to her and it was freeing up other players where, like Fiona O'Neill, that was a great strike to the back of the net for her. Um, but again, it was Emma Duggan pulling two or three defenders away. I could sense, a, you know, a bit of frustration in Emma early on. Like, and she, the first couple of balls she won, you know, she kicked them short into the keeper's hands. You could see her frustration and annoyance. And as you just said there, every time she got on the ball, there was automatically she drew two, three defenders. And, you know, you could see they were putting that much pressure on her. But that's what she, and I've written down here where she is two or three times she, on occasions, she was assisted. You know, she assisted where she won the ball. She drew a couple of defenders and then she laid it off at the perfect time. And that was a prime example of Fiona O'Neill's goal. She's still a young player as well. And of course, she'll have to get used, especially in 2022, with that she's going to be a marked player because of what she's achieved in the game over the last two years in particular. And of course, this year too. But she looks like she can deal with it. She had the frustration there, yes, but also got on with the job. Like she has to help Vicky Wall for that open score that we talked about after 20 seconds too. So, you know, maybe it's be... It's adapting to become that type of player because definitely over the next 12 months anyway, she's going to be the one that's watched in the attack anytime we play. Yeah, that's that's probably what she needs to deal with now is, you know, maybe where before this she could, you know, win a ball and she could turn on a, on a, on a 
penny and, and kick it over the bar. She mightn't just have that space or that time on the ball anymore. And, you know, is certainly moving up the, the grades and playing, you know, senior club football or, or senior county football. Uh, you know, she, she won't. And as you said, being the watch player, she definitely won't get much that, as much time or be, you know, she'll have two and three defenders around her at all occasions. But, you know, she she is so smart and so cute. And, you know, she knows then, OK, if I'm going to get closed down quickly, I, I'll try and you know, give the pass. And, and a, a couple of times she gave really good passes. They didn't always work out, but, you know, particularly Fiona O'Neill's goal and, and goal. And she was even involved in, in, in Shelley Media's goal as well. Yeah, Shelley Media, of course, with the second goal near the end as well. Like Jodie Egan had tried to keep Foxworth Cabantili in the contest as well. She was leading the charge. She also scored five points, four of them from place balls as well. But it, it goes to show that we spend so much time talking about Vicky and Emma, and that's understandable. But like again, Shelley Mealy is not like a player that's unknown. Like, you know what I mean? She's involved in Meets Helps as well, and a very, very good player. Probably just has been overshadowed, but then again, quite to get them out doing her work. And it was great for her to have her moment there with that goal. Yeah, definitely so. And I mean, she, it was a, it was a really vital goal, like kicked it as, at a very vital stage. Like, as you said, Jody Egan was trying to, you know, bring Fox Cab back into the game. And I mean, you felt that, uh, uh, sorry, actually, actually, Shelly Mead's goal came, was actually the last score of the game, the 54th minute. But, you know, Jody Egan was, Fox Cab had a couple of missed chances before that. And I mean, Shelly Mead's goal just came at the right time, um, sort of to settle, settle Dunbine again. Um, and I suppose a few late, a late surge from Jody, um, Jody Egan. And they tried to get the goal, but they never really looked like breaking down the Dunboyne defence at that stage. It's a testament to Dunboyne that's how they reacted. Like we were talking about Fox Rock under pressure with four points up, losing Eve Collins and all that. And of course, Sinead Dockran went too. But like he had won five on answer to the second half, including Fiona O'Neill's goal as well, and really turned this game around and could have made it easier for themselves. But it's a testament to Fox Rock Cabantili that they didn't throw in the towel either. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, you, you know, they're not Leinster champions for the last six years. <laughs> willy nilly, you know, they were always going to put it up to them again. And I mean, you know, like Dunbine did answer in the back after half time and got the game, you know, went, you know, when, as you said, scored 1 5 unanswered. But in fairness to Hannah O'Neill and, and, um, and during that time as well, as you said, Fox Cab lost a player as well, Sinead Lachlan got, who I thought had a really good first half and was involved in an awful lot um, of, of good for Fox Cab. And, you know, losing her at a vital stage as well, it was, it was difficult then for, um, for Fox Cab to try and get back into the game. But in fairness, they did and, and did try to, you know, went into the water break with only a point down. But um, I suppose the, the, the goal from Shelley Media really settled it then. We should give a mention to the goalkeepers as well. How would you rate their performance? Yes, they conceded two goals each, but it was that type of game that, you know, some of those were probably unstoppable. Yeah, no, the, I thought both goalkeepers had, had um, you know, there was a couple of high balls in at vital stage and especially you know, um, towards the end where um, Alison O'Sullivan had a couple of high balls come into our square, you know, when, when Fox Cab were looking for a goal to equalise it. And I mean, um, you know, she got a couple of vital hands to the ball at, at different stages. And Ashley Tharpe had a had a few saves. She'd won from Fiona O'Neill and she'd won um, from, um, I think she won from Emma Duggan later on the game as well. So yeah, definitely both goalkeepers were, you know, did their job well. Just as you mentioned, Fiona O'Neill, she was the captain of Dunboyne. Of course, it was lovely seeing her interviewed afterwards with her seven-month-old daughter's side. You can tell I have a young daughter because every time I see a baby now, I'm gushing. <laughs> but for her as well, no different as you mentioned, Annette Clark coming back after having children as well. I, like, again, the club championships, this all about the family occasion too, isn't it? Oh, it really is, Darren, and it was so lovely to see that. And I mean, you know, this is again, you know, that this is something I suppose um, it's only women can do. Like, I mean, in the sense that they can, you know, have a baby and come back in such a short time, and uh, you know, because they obviously have to stop. And I mean, the the you know, the, the, being a father, you can just keep playing football. He doesn't have to stop your your footballing <laughs> career for being becoming a daddy. But for the for the moms, they have to, and you know, they have to try and get back into shape again. And both uh, Fiona O'Neill and Annette Clark should be commended at how quick they got back into shape. And 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 loads of other mothers like them that got back playing at a high levels. Yeah, the end of my football career, nothing to do with children. <laughs> 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 um, quickly, Fox Rock Cabin Teeley, like they were going for seven in a row. They have, but Dublin, they've, they've been part of the resurgence of Dublin football. They've been the leading light as well. Where do they go from here? The, we're not believe the big four is being broken. I know there's one other team that's not true yet, but, um, they would have been one of the four favorites to make all Ireland semi-finals at the start of the year before Dunboyne's resurgence. But there was a lot of change in personnel as we've mentioned. Would you expect to still see them competing for Leinster honours again next year? 
Oh, I, I, I still can't, don't think you can write them off, Darren. I mean, you know, seven Dublin titles in a row, six Lenters and, you know, two All-Iron appearances in, in 16 and 18. So, you know, they're definitely, um, you know, and I mean, OK, there's been been changes in, in things, but they still have a young young players coming on. There's a lot of young players there that, you know, that that experience mightn't have been involved in all, all seven titles or all six Lenters. And there, that can only, you know, those those kind of matches can only bring them on. Um, and I still think there'll be there'll definitely be a team to reckon with in Dublin for sure. And I mean, I wouldn't write them off for Leinster next year. No, they're still in the top five, six anyway. Finally, Mead champion or not Mead Dunboyne champions, but the first Mead team to win this competition since um, since Chilstown in two thousand and three as well. You know, Dunboyne are going to be around for a while. They won Mead pretty much convincingly enough. You'd expect them to be the leading knights there for a while too, and. If anything, it's given us a rivalry, a provincial rivalry to really look forward to should the two teams continue to emerge out of their respective counties. Yeah, like and that's you know, this is this is what we, we want. Like there's you know, no no one wants the you know, the one county or the one club to be um, you know, sort of winning all the games and winning, you know, winning back to back titles because it's no good for football for the rest of the county or the rest of the clubs or whatever. So um it, it's brilliant to see a new team come along. And I mean, as you said, Centretown, you know, seven eighteen years since a, a Mead team has been in, um, won a Leinster title and it's brilliant to see and Centretown back in two thousand three actually contested the All Ireland final. So we don't know whether that's a, a good omen straight off there. So you know, so it's it's it is it's great to see and it, you know you look forward to that and you want that, you know, you want that in the other in the other province as well and to see that competitiveness. Well, Dunboyne are there. They will play the Munster champions in the new year. And that's exactly where we are going to after this break. We're going to look back at last week's semi-final, look ahead to this week's senior final, touch on the other games as well. A big weekend taking place in Mallow, but it'll be more happy from Cork against Arlo from Tipperary. That's coming up shortly. I like listening to sports dads because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him. Darren Kelly. So welcome back here to Sports Stars Football, the final leg of the show, and it's all about Munster. But before that, Neve, I would like to apologise to all our listeners from Breda in County Down. For the last couple of weeks, I've talked about Bally McCampery as a top six team, and I obviously wasn't including Breda in that the way I was talking. They pushed Dunamoyne to a replay in Ulster, and I don't know what you thought of it, Neve, but Bally McCampery, no, Warren Abbey were good, but Bally McCampery really didn't get going at all last week. No, they really didn't, Darren. And Byrne, maybe the first 15 minutes or so where they, they might have put a wee push on and, and you know, looked, what was it, draw at the first water break, won one to four points, but they never really got going at all. And I mean, I suppose you have to commend Mornabi. They they showed like true champions and they really they really um, stepped up a gear and in the last three quarters, they were hard to stop. If credit to Shane Renane, he didn't try and play it down and all that. He said, look, this is just one of our best games. They just gelled on the day. Uh, they didn't panic when they went down. I think it was Kiro Callahan. No, no, Kiro Callahan scored a four goals. Sorry, it was Claire Walsh got the Bally McCaffrey goal at the start to give them a one-point advantage. But it was the Laura Fitzgerald show. You know what I mean? She put the boot down. She scored a hat-trick in the game two before half time, And like, they were out of sight pretty much. Yeah, they really were, you know... What two seven to one six one three at half time, and they really were out of sight. And I mean, you know, I suppose all year, I mean, it's probably the first, you know, the reigning champions. Um, you know, it's the first, probably the one of the first clubs we'd, we'd have written down if we were asked, um, who was going to be the Munster champions, so or who was going to be possibly the All Ireland champions. So Murren Abbey have stepped up to that, um, you know, that deserving title. And I mean, they're, they're, they really showed their worth on 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 um on at the weekend. And you know, Shane Ronan was very impressed by them, and it was a really good good display and I mean you know he was just so delighted that they controlled the game from from that first I suppose from the first water break to control the game from there in because we were talking before the show ourselves the similarities between the Connacht and the Munster final but we expected a big result in the Connacht final we expected a more competitive contest here and again I don't want to be taken away from more Abbey they were absolutely brilliant but uh, Bally McCabry like what I was thinking about since Sunday was like, it's not as though Waterford women's football are minnows. You know, like they were in the All-Ireland quarterfinal this year. They only lost to Cork by three points. I know I'm talking inter-county. Bally McCabry have been the representatives for 40 years. It's just hard to fathom that they can be so dominant in the county that uh, produces good footballers. It can't seem to compete anymore uh, on the provincial stage. Yeah, that that's probably... You know, I suppose that's very worrying for water for football in that sense that this, you know, it doesn't seem to 
follow through. And I mean, you know, it's back to what I'm saying. It's it's not necessarily a healthy thing for a county or for, for a, a club to win in so many titles. You know, it's not good for, for football within that county when you have the one team, you know, completely out, out. You know, I suppose it gets to the stage then that they don't even, you know, they're winning the Munster title or sorry, winning the Waterford title at, at such an ease that it, when they come into the, you know, against, you know, to get come up against real, real competition that it, it, it's sort of, you know, the, 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 it's only then that they're realising what they're coming up against or, or what what kind of a team to really have or really get tested, I suppose. We have to credit more than They are the reigning All-Ireland champions, even though they lost their Cork title last year uh, with no provincial or All-Ireland series. They still are the defending champions in those. We'll come back to the game in a moment and no doubt they're loving us in Ireland at the moment because we haven't even talked about them. I mentioned it's a big weekend in Mallow. There's four finals taking place at Senior B on Friday and then on Saturday if the Munster Intermediate Final between Castle Island Desmond from Kerry and Monaghy from Limerick. That's a half two on Saturday and then there's a double header in Mallow on Sunday. The second game will be talking about the junior final uh, at 12 o'clock. Uh, MKL Gales from Kerry against Munna Home from Tipperary. You know, like we've seen the Tipperary team be the Kerry team already and we'll be talking about them in a moment so we can't take anything for granted. Um, I know we don't haven't looked at the teams in too much detail as such but no doubt they're going to be two very, very intriguing games, Neve. Yeah, definitely so, Darren. And I mean, you know, I suppose uh, we've talked before, first of all, to say, you know, well done again to Monster, Monster Council, like, you know, getting Mallow, a, a, you know, a big venue again and, and going all out and having double They've been the best organised now. They were a bit slow with their social media at the start, but they've been the best organised in regards to venues and double headers and given, like, you live in Monaghan, I live in, Go- in Roscommon, <laughs> like, give us an incentive I know we yeah. haven't been able to get down there, but it gives an incentive to get down to a monster game because you're guaranteed a good day out. Yeah, that's that's what I think is, and I mean, you know, it, it's it's the big venues and you know double headers where you can see two good games. I think it's brilliant for you know, and I mean, we definitely, you know, at times as you said, we can be uh, be down on some counties or some provinces if they're not you know following and, and advertising games. But I mean, I think Monster Council have done brilliantly, and I think it's great to see it and um, see the games there. I think the four provinces all found their rhythm. Now, Leinster are brilliant with the material they come up with. I think Ashley Cleary and her team deserves special praise for that too. But again, the two semi-finals are on the same time and whether by design or by accident, like Munster at least gave you the option of seeing the two the two games as well. And maybe that's just me being finicky or picky in one way, like, you know, but um, uh, no, it, it's it's every week I've kind of looked, what's the big double hitter down in Munster? Like even last week, or not last week, two weeks ago, we were looking at Southern Gales and Arlow. There was another game on beforehand as well that give you an incentive to look at it too and there's always been a marquee day at least if not two where you could say do you know what it's good on watch a bit of monster football it'd be a good day out yeah that, that's what I think is the key thing and you know we, we've talked about it too like where counties should be picking their you know having their county finals as double headers you know, the junior, intermediate, senior, whatever way it can work out, it, the big venues in their own counties. Like, I mean, we talked about how Clonus, for example, in Monaghan should be booked in well in advance, have it all and build it up to be that big wed- weekend. Like in fairness, in Mead this year, they did the double header with the men's. But I mean, you'd, you'd feel that maybe next year they can do, a, a you know, a big a big day where it's, it's the senior county, the senior, intermediate, whatever, like um, double headers or whatever for the all the, an all ladies um County final weekend. I've said it so many times, and you just even touched on the point there as well. At the start of every year, look, I have, you have, and even Killian in the Camogie show as well, we've praised people for doing their jobs. But sometimes you do something for you, you have to be thinking how it affects someone else as well. Two key things to do every year, whether it's football, county board, or provincial council, or Camogie, or whatever it is. One, you just said it there. Talk to the GEA, organise getting their big venue or a big venue for a particular date. So like, let's say if it was me, for example, in Port Talton, it's up to, it's up to me to make that happen. Secondly, is sit down before you make public your fixtures with your Camogie counterparts or, or your football the other way around and make sure key days don't clash. You know, and, and, and they're the two key things. We're not saying that you have to get Camogie's permission to run your own competitions or vice versa. We're just saying be considerate because you're pulling from the same pool of players at the end of the day. And those two things alone, Maeve, you know, would solve an awful lot of problems and at least then significantly reduce the chances of silly moments happening where we look silly. You know, whether it's to do with a fixture clash or like what happened in Crow Park with the Iron semi-final a couple of years ago or, or Care, for example, not fielding in a county junior camogie final in Tipperary. You know, it's, it's two little things like that. Do those and then 
start looking for the respect from outside your own box. 100% agree, Darren. Like, that's the thing. And, you know, I've said on so many, we've said on so many occasions on the show about, about, about stuff like that and about, you know, these, the, the, the ladies' football and the camogie clashes. Like, I mean, this, these can be worked on. These can be worked out if it's just a bit of communication. And that's the key thing. And then the, the next part of that, the follow on from that is, you know, have the big venue and then advertise it and make it a really big day that this is where, you know, that everyone in the county wants to be going to that county final because it's been advertised. The kids at school know about it, like this kind of thing, which I don't think is done enough. You know, like, I mean, any unfortunate thing probably in Monaghan is, and I actually, it's actually one thing I'm going to mention is Dunamine Ladies won Ulster this year. And I mean, it's probably the first time I've seen them going around the schools. And I, I don't know why they've never done it before. Maybe it's not something, maybe it was because their men, their counterparts, the men won the Intermediate Championship the same weekend. But they went round to the schools um, and it was so brilliant to see all the wee kids out, all holding the Ulster Cup and all went round the preschools as well. And, you know, little things like that, that's what makes the kids. That's what the kids, I remember Maracloon won some tournament back years ago, back in black and white time. And, you know, the the, the, the men's team came round with a cup and sweets too. And that's the stuff you remember. So I think that's something that those little things um, will make a big difference in, in promoting ladies football, continuing to promote ladies football. I don't think young players can really realise how important that is because for a child, you know, something like that, you just give an example there yourself, you could open up that door and make you want to play football or, or whatever the sport is as well, like, you know, and look, we could go through all that for a while. In fairness to our friends in Aherlow, we better talk about them and rightfully so, they are in the Munster Senior Football Final. They are going in as the underdogs, we know that. Interesting uh, one here, Neve, is that Shane Renane, of course, would know an awful lot of these players from his time as Tipperary manager. I was looking at the Tipperary squad that won the All-Ireland Intermediate in 2019. And you have Anna Rose Kennedy, Reid Condon, Siobhan Condon, Gronya Condon, Caitlin Kennedy and Emma Morrissey were all part of that squad. And all six of them will take to the field against Shane Renane on Sunday. Yeah, he, I was actually looking at the same thing, Darren. Yeah, and he definitely will um, you know, know lots about them as right. And I mean, it's only... It's only 2020, Shane only stepped away in, in last year, I suppose, from, from the Tipperary team. So he certainly knows plenty about them. Stuart Maloney is the Arlo manager. Um, they've had two, two weeks, which is the ideal time. No doubt himself and his management team were down in Moorn Abbey last Sunday to watch the game against Bally McCabry. Like we talked about them here before their semi-final and it was a low-scoring game. They depended on Emma Morrissey. She scored six of their nine points against Southern Gales. But they beat a Kerry team in Fitzgerald Stadium in Killarney. And I guess this is another level up. Like I'm not trying to compare like 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 for like with Kerry and Cork at the moment. But what will they have taken out of a Moore Abbey team that scored four twelve looked very, very impressive in regards to how they're going to approach this match? Yeah, well I suppose I mean um well first of all, like you know, it's a massive thing for, for a Hello to be in a Munster final. It's it's the first time there's in forty years that a, a Tipperary team has been in a senior Ulster final or senior Munster final. So, you know, it's a massive achievement for them and you know, just back on the point of, of going around the schools and stuff. I mean, I actually watched they won the county final and they went around the schools as well. And there was a big deal of bringing the cup in. So, you know, it, it, there's a really great buzz in, in, in the parish at the moment. And there are also, which in my research, involved with the one good club, which my own club were involved, um, ran back in, in, uh, back in the early in, in from March to May. So, you know, a great community thing and a really, you can really get that sense of thing. But back to the football end of things, Darren, you know, <laughs> that unfortunately, all of those lovely fairy tale stories is not going to, you know, not going to win the game for them. And they'll have a lot of work to do. You know, they'll have looked at that, you know, that six unit of Murn Abbey and what they can score and what, I mean, obviously, even the full forward alone, what damage it can do. So they'll have to, you know, and, and as you said, scoring 422 in the last game, they'll have to be really tight at the back. Whether they plan to, you know, I don't think they, they really set up that way where they, they necessarily play a sweeper role, but they may have to look at something like that because they can't let or can't afford to let, you know, quality ball go into the, the O'Sullivan's or to Lord Fitzgerald. Yeah, because like Laura Fitzgerald was the hero of the last day. She got the hat trick. She'll be playing a full forward, more than likely up against Breed Condon. That'll be one uh, matchup. But look what's around her: Duran O'Sullivan, Breed O'Sullivan, Kira O'Sullivan. Kira O'Sullivan's corner forward in this team. Like you'd expect her to be out in the forty. Ellie Jack, who's a very, very good player too. Emer Harrington, another quality player as well. That's a formidable front six. It really is, and I mean, you know, you know, one of them in a in a in a team of six forwards would do enough damage, and I mean, for them to have, you know, six of them all in, in that one in that one um, forward line. So yeah, it's it's 
it, it will be, they'll have to, you know, as I said, stop the quality ball. I mean, obviously, again, midfield is going to be a key area. Anna Rose, Kendi, Siobhan Condon are going to have, you know, a, a tough job on Emma Coakley and Eva Sullivan, but they'll have to, you know, try and get on top of midfield and, you know, cut the supply of ball, um, you know, obviously, and then and equally cut the supply of ball in, into that six forward line. That is like the midfield, like most games, is a key area that I was picking out here as well to look at. Like, they have two formidable players there, and Siobhan Condon and Anna Rose Kennedy as well. But the other one, the matchup I'm really looking forward to is Caitlin Kennedy at centre back against Duran O'Sullivan. If that pans out, Duran got five points in the victory against Paddy McCaffrey. Caitlin actually picked up two points for Arlo in their win against Southern Gales as well. But, like, no doubt she'll want to go forward, try and get some scores. But of course, she has to. And that's, we're assuming it's Darren O'Sullivan because there's so many options for Bourne Abbey as well. But that's a matchup that will tell an awful lot about what chance I heard I have of pulling off the shock result. Yeah, definitely so. And I mean, you know, I suppose that that is a key area in the sense that Caitlin Kennedy, you know, as much as she loves to get forward and I mean, clearly, you know, can take her scores. But, you know, she she probably have to be a little bit more mindful this year, this in this match, you know, not to go forward and leave the legs of, whether it be Kira or Duran O'Sullivan, on, on, you know, on their own. But equally, it's funny, like, as much as Duran or Kira, whichever one of the two ends up in that centre-forward position, you know, they, they do like to get back behind, you know, they sort of, they like to carry the ball from deep. So they won't mind, you know, they will sort of get back into their own defence as well and, and like to carry the ball out. So it might suit Caitlin if the ball breaks down, if she's, if she's up there to pop over a score if she gets the opportunity. Yeah, and like, but even that, even that, as you mentioned, with the players coming back, of course, at the other end, like we talked about Emma Morrissey, she got three points in play as well in that, in her six point tally, and she's actually in Ryan and Emer Luby either side of her in a full forward line for Arlo. Like, Emer Meany is a quality full back, you know, she's not going to take mugs lightly. Like, you know, like they have to also get scores up there. Like, we talked about scoring nine points against Southern Gales, granted, only conceded six. They're not going to win this match if they want to score nine points. No, definitely not. I mean, that's the, you know, if the, that's the, the key thing. And a wee bit like Glenn Carr in, in last week's game, I mean, Aherlow have to show their intent or like Dunbine show their intent from very early on and put the pressure on and, you know, really ask questions of the, of Murn Abbey. And I mean, I think that's going to be a really good matchup between Emma Morrissey and Emma Meany. And I mean, it has potential to be a really good battle between the two of them. But as we know, if Emma Morrissey gets enough good quality ball in, I mean, she can really call damage in there and, you know, really, um, if she gets a gold opportunity, I'm sure she'll take them. It's the second Sunday in December, so I'm not expecting a 20-score thriller. But can Arlo bring it down enough to give them a fighting chance of bringing this trophy to Moor Abbey? Yeah, well, I suppose, I mean, I mentioned earlier about the weather. and I mean, none of us know what this storm barrow, we're not sure what, what aftermath he's going to leave. But, you know, I suppose if the weekend is, you know, the, I suppose the last couple of weekends, as much as, the weather hasn't been too bad for matches. And I suppose, you know, hope it's not a really windy, windy day. Because I think if, if it's a windy day, it, it spoils the match for both teams. And I mean, it makes maybe a game of two halves. But if it's a, you know, if it's a day that, you know, scores will come easy on both sides, you would, would feel that Arlo can, can certainly, we know they can get the scores if they get the opportunities. And they need to, you know, as I said, hit the ball, hit hard early on and really ask questions of Burn Abbey. And then, you know, if the game is still in the shake-up towards the end, you never just know. Is it safe to say the way we started this, they have to win that midfield battle hands down? Definitely do, Darren. Yeah, I mean that's I really feel that's the key area. Even just looking at you know that diamond sport, sport the, the diamond sport, I suppose of you know full back, centre back, two midfields, and you know full forward, centre forward on both sides. That diamond area is, is a really key on both sides. And I mean, if if Arlo, um can win the majority or over half those battles, they can certainly put it up to Burnaby. And of course, it's the type of conversation too. We didn't even mention Maura Callan, who's centre back for more than happy too. That's the options that they have. So Neva comes quite simply down. I think I know the answer anyway, but I'll ask you officially: Is the Monster Trophy going to more Abbey or more Abbey? <laughs> um, yeah, well, I suppose down. Yeah, I mean, like it, it's you know you you can't pass up. You know, you're looking at the All Ireland champions. You can't really pass them. Um, you know, it's such a fairy tale story of our low. And I mean, as I said, 40 years since they've been in a um, a Tipperary team being in a centre fi- a senior final. You know, it's a brilliant achievement for them. But I think it just could be a step too far from the experience of that whole Moran Abbey side and what they've what they've bring brought to the to the championship this year already. I think they'll be looking into a, an All Ireland semi final in the new year. 
So Moran Abbey to successfully retain their Munster title and set up a very exciting semi-final in the new year. Arlo, of course, no doubt have other plans as well. That is it for the show, our penultimate show of 2021. We will be back next week. Now, we're assuming it's our penultimate show. There's nothing on next week that we're aware of at the moment. Wouldn't surprise me. One of these games uh, holds us back and all that. But we'll be back next week to review the Provincial Series, uh, wrap up the year review, of course, that monster final as well. And Lee will probably take five minutes to kind of reflect on a very, very busy year. Yeah, definitely, Darren. It really, it really has been, you know, a year that started again with such uncertainty, but it really has brought in, has been, you know, a really brilliant year of football for, for um, across the board. And I mean, it's, it's going to come to a finish next weekend, but um, a really good finish, we hope. We certainly look forward to looking back on it all and we'll review the more happy against Arlo game and also look at the other finals that have taken place this weekend. All the fixtures will be up on sportsstats.ie before Friday morning. That is it. I'm Darren Kelly. This was Sports Stats Football. Hope you enjoyed the show. And one last time, I'd like to thank my partner in crime, Neve Kenton. Thank you, Darren. Talk next week.